Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. Today is Friday, February 24th, 2023. This is edition number 35 of season 8 as we continue looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. It's great to have you here with me as we continue looking at chapter 6 of the fall of man, of sin, and of the punishment thereof. Today we come to paragraph number 5. Let's pray together first and then we'll look at this paragraph uh, just briefly uh, today. Let's pray. Father, as we come now to your word and we come understanding that your word is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, that which is able to discern the thoughts and intentions of our own hearts, but that which also gives us light to our path and guides us through the very bread of life that sustains us. We pray as we examine your word under the um, uh, in these very important matters that you would give us grace, that your spirit would attend all that is said and heard, and that you would be gracious to us, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, in the previous edition, in the Thursday edition, we looked at the doctrine of original sin as articulated very briefly there in paragraph 4 of chapter 6, from this original corruption whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good, and wholly inclined to all evil, do precede all actual transgressions. Now, the question may come then, at this point, is what do we do with the regenerate? As paragraph 4 lays out the fundamental truth that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is to simply say that there's not a single creature, single person alive that has not sinned and they do so because they are indeed sinners. That is their nature. So what, what do we do with the regenerate? Uh, because we know that they have a new heart put in them, that they are brought from light, uh, from darkness into light. Um, they are uh, given a new... Uh, set of eyes, a new set of ears. They hear things differently now. They see things differently. The Spirit works in such a way as to change their disposition of their life. Well, are they then, therefore, still sinners? That is simply to say, do they still battle sin in their life as new creatures made alive in Christ? Well, paragraph 5 answers this question for us where it says, This corruption of nature during this life doth remain in those that are regenerated. Put a different way, this corruption remains even in the elect. It remains in those who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. That is to say that, as the confession will later teach us, there is an irreconcilable war that exists between the flesh and, indeed, the spirit. This corruption, that original sin, that uh, corruption of nature during this life does indeed remain in those that are regenerated. And so we look at Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 9. Who can say, I have made my heart pure, I am clean from sin, from my sin? Now there's no one like that. In order for us to say with any integrity that we're sinless people, merely because we've been born again by the blood of Christ through the work of the Spirit, would be to say that we're perfect. Which is to say, we have no need of God anymore. We have no need to live in independence upon Him anymore. We don't need to cry out to Him for help. We don't even need to ask for forgiveness for what would we be asking forgiveness for? We don't sin. But the Scripture is very, very clear on this point that indeed we do sin even as believers. We fall short of the glory of God and we are in desperate need of the gospel all the time. And so, even the writer to the Ecclesi- in Ecclesiastes, 
um, teaches us uh, this much. Um, in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, there in verse 20 we read, Surely there's not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Now, clearly they're regenerate people. They've been bought by the blood of Christ. They've been cleansed. Uh, the dominion of sin has been broken in us as regenerate people. But we still struggle uh, in our own flesh against the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now look, common sense tells you that. Experience tells you that. As you look over your shoulder at the last few hours of your life, are you really going to try to convince anyone that you didn't have an ungodly thought, that you didn't, you didn't say an ungodly thing, you didn't do an ungodly thing? Maybe you could survive the last couple hours, but I guarantee you didn't survive the last day. For we all sin daily in thought, word, and deed. And so there is this corruption that still remains in us, although it be, as the confession tells us, although it be, through Christ, pardoned and mortified. In other words, the deeds of the flesh are being put to death by the work of the Spirit. That is simply to say that the dominion of sin has been broken over us. We are no longer enslaved to sin. We are now enslaved to righteousness. In either case, we are slaves. We're either a slave to sin, we're a slave to righteousness, and it really depends on what you offer yourself to, which proves or disproves who you've been enslaved to in the first place. But this does still remain. And even the Apostle John in 1 John 1, in verses 8 through 10, he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now, that's a very sobering statement. If you are out there today and you say, well, I'm a Christian now. I've been redeemed by, by Christ, therefore I'm no longer a sinner. I don't sin. Well, there's a problem with your profession. John says if this is your attitude, if this is what you really believe, then the truth isn't in you. But he goes on to say, if we confess our sins... Again, why confess sins if we don't sin? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, yes, indeed, even in the regenerate, the corruption of this nature, the original sin, it's still there. We do battle against it. We mortify the deeds of the flesh. The Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter 8, even uh, points us in that direction when he says that we, we indeed must mortify these things. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if by the Spirit, you will put to death the deeds of the body. That is to say, we are going to daily mortify the sins in our life. Be busy killing sin, or it will kill you, said John Owen. And he's right. But even as Christians, we should be busy slaying the sin in our lives, that which affects us and the battle we have against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so though it be through Christ pardoned and mortified, that is to say it's not held against us, we, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, even though it's true that this original corruption still remains, it doesn't mean that it's held against us and that we're condemned. No, indeed we're not. It's been, it's been, it's been cleansed by the blood of Christ. We are no longer under the condemnation of God. And so while that is still true, both itself and all the motions thereof are truly and properly sinned. So we still wrestle against the flesh 
as we live in this world. And Paul, in Galatians chapter 5, says as much there in verse 17, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Now look, you read this list, it's not an exhaustive list, but you read through this even as a Christian, and you ask yourself, have you kept every one of these perfectly? Now let me elaborate. Sexual immorality. Well, okay, I haven't cheated on my wife. I haven't cheated on my husband. Fine. How about your thought life? Are you maintaining purity of thought? Are you allowing your eyes to dwell on some unclean thing on that television program or book you're looking at or whatever the case may be, what you look at on the internet? There's an irreconcilable war that's going on. We're fighting against those things as redeemed people. Impurity, sensuality, enmity, strife, idolatry. Sorcery, jealousy, envy. Ever been envious of someone's successes in life? Someone at the, at the job got, gets promoted and you wish you, it was you? And Well, but I'm a Christian. You know, that can't happen. It, but it did happen. And because there's this irreconcilable war. Um, drunkenness and orgies and things like these. All of these things are uh, proof positive that we are in a battle against the flesh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. But, of course, the fruit of the Spirit, as given in verse 22, is that which stands opposite those things that Paul describes that are ugly. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And so, it is true. It's, a, it's true, it's, it's, it's a fact of our existence as redeemed people that we will wage war against these things the rest of our days. It's not until glory, it's not until Christ brings us to where he is or he returns um, in which these things will be perfected, it will be perfected in such a way that we will not do battle against these things any longer. And so in some sense it's very humbling to know and understand that we are weak people because of this original sin, this original corruption. And so we must walk in dependence upon the Spirit of God each and every day. We must cry out to him for help as we get out of bed in the morning and our feet hit the floor. One of the things I encourage my people here at Providence to do is to ask the Lord for help. As you enter the day, give me more of your spirit that I might not sin against you. Grant to me by your spirit the things that you command me, that I might be a willing servant in God's kingdom, that I might do battle against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Monday edition, when we wrap up this this chapter, chapter 6, may the Lord help you today. May you strive by all the means he's given you. May you depend upon the Spirit to help you that you might not sin against God. God bless.